What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Barn, presented by the good people of New Amendment. I am one of your hosts, Kendall Shell, along with me, Blake Hoffarber, Trevor Mbakwe. Blake, Trev, how are we feeling today? Kendall, you got a birthday coming up soon, too, don't you? Yes, I do. It's this Thursday, so you're tomorrow the 24th. I'm the 26th. It'll be my 30th, so... Pretty big birthday, probably. Um, excited for it, though, man. Excited. Nothing like those January birthdays. Me and you, Aquarius game. Yeah. Welcome to your 30s. You won't be the same. Oh, man. I'm excited. I don't know. I don't know. Did things change? I know y'all both hit the 30. Do things change at 30, or is it just all in your imagination? Shit gets real when you're 30. You got you to gotta start making that chatter. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> no, it's, you're right. That's right. No, the 30s, the 40s is your time to get going. So I like turning 30. I'll be approaching 40 coming up in five years. That's uh, I'm not looking forward to that. Hey, I like hey, the 30s. Slow down, Slow down Blake. Slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Easy, easy Trev, on that Trev, one. But no, yeah, I'm excited on 44. So Trev, how about 40s? <laughs> I'm about to retire soon. Oh. I just must be good in the educational world, man. (laughs) Man, no, that's the goal. All right, fellas. Well, let's tip things off here. All right. Let's talk a little bit about what's been happening, you know, what's been happening around the league, around the Big Ten, but not just the Big Ten, the Gophers. I know it's not something, you know, we're too excited to talk about. I know the season has been rough to say the least but you know before we get into the x's and o's you know of these last few games purdue and michigan we're struggling man we're last in the big 10 like i wanted you both just to put your coaches hats on before we get into those x's and o's what what are you telling your team right now i'll I'll start with you trev like what are you telling the squad like that i don't know if you've been on a squad where it's been like this um if you've had a rough patch like this starting things out but i know it's hard just to keep that confidence especially with what the Big Ten is. So what are you telling your squad, you know, before we get into things? I mean, at this point, there's still a lot of season left. Um, I think you they're, they have had bright spots the last four to five, last five games. Um, the Purdue game is Purdue. Purdue's number one in the nation for a reason. They they have everything you need. Like, they, you got to put that game behind you. Michigan was a tough battle. Like, they came out the gates ready to play. You can see the excitement there. He's got to kind of build off that momentum. Um, hopefully Dawson's not out too long. Uh, he had that free kind of ankle injury that happened in the second half. But, you know, we rallied. We, we battled. We competed. And, you know, he's kind of kind of keeps in that same message. Like this long season, he's still, you know, you never know what could happen in a Big Ten tournament. You can go on a run, you know, sneak into the NCAA tournament or wherever the case may be. And uh, you just got to stay together. Forget the outside noise. You know, people are going to say, oh, this team sucks. They're only one and five, one and six, or whatever the case may be. But you got to keep believing in each other and keep playing hard. At the end of the day, like a lot of these guys are still playing for a job at the next level. I think they have aspirations to play, you know, pro ball somewhere. And uh, we have a lot of young talent, too. And those guys are going to play hard because they know they, they have to come back next year and play. Um, so just, you know, kind of keep the spirits up and keep competing and, you know, staying healthy. You know, losing Braden and hopefully not Dawson, uh, but just kind of stay healthy at this point in the season. Blake? Yeah, man, I, I agree with Trav. I think, you know, my senior year and Trav was basically his senior year, but junior year, you know, we were 10th in the country rolling. A couple guys got hurt and all of a sudden we went on a losing skid and, you know, 
had a bad, bad stretch. I mean, I think we lost like 10 out of 11 games at the end of the year when we were 10th in the country. And, you know, so we've been through that. It's tough. And I almost think it was worse for us because we had the potential there. Not saying we don't have the potential, but I mean, we were a solid team back, you know, back then we won the Puerto Rico shootout. We beat West Virginia. We beat North Carolina with Harrison Barnes. I mean, we had a squad going and then we just plummeted. And it's tough to get out of that funk. I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, when the media is talking about it, when you feel down, when, you know, you never want to get used to losing. But, you know, when you keep losing like the way we're losing, you know, it, it's tough. And I think the, the bright spot is, you know, the Michigan game, right? We were right in that game. We were up 8-0. You know, things were flowing. Um, unfortunately, being close isn't getting a win. But it's not like we're getting blown out. The Michigan or the Purdue game, I get it, right? That game where it almost looked like we were a little nervous or scared to, to, to get out there, but they're the number one team in the country. So I almost want to just brush that game aside. But the Michigan game, you know, I watched the whole thing. It was a good game. I think we kind of got a little, you know, made some mistakes at the end of that game that cost us a little bit. But, you know, it's not like we're getting blown up by 20, 30, you know, 15 points. I mean, we were right in that game where a young team fan and us have to realize, you know, I'd be a little more nervous if, you know, we kind of had all, you know, juniors and seniors that were, you know, struggling like this. Well, we got a pretty young team. I mean, I don't even know if we have any seniors on the team. So we got to realize that's the bright spot with this team. Like I said in previous podcasts, we got to keep getting better on a day-to-day basis. And we got to be a better team come March. And that's what Ben Johnson and the team's got to focus on. To try to get wins, but also to improve individually and collectively as a team. Uh, to be a better team, to almost right. prepare for next year. You don't want to look into next year because we still have the Big Ten tournament and many, money, many games throughout this year. But, you know, we want to get better as a group and a cohesive team uh, for the future as well. Um, just to go back to what you said, Blake, I remember like when we lost 10 those last 11 games or whatever the case may be, they're all like within five, six points. So like, you know, for us, like, you know, it was like, okay, we're winning the game, then they'll come back, and it's like, okay, damn, now it's the last four minutes of the game. Like, in our minds, you're like, you were thinking about the, how the last eight, nine games went. So, for this team, it's like when the that second half comes, you know, when teams start making that push, they kind of have to forget about the past. They have to live in that moment. And I think that's, you know, it was tough. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, we looked at each other, you know, four minutes, like, okay, you know, hopefully we don't lose this game. But losing 10 out of 11 games by less than five points, like two possessions, like, that was <laughs> – I think that was always the hardest part going back into yeah. the locker room. And a lot of that, you know, yeah. we had the – we also had a young team because Al got hurt. Um, you know, he was our point guard, Al Nolan. Um, that really killed us because we weren't super deep that year. But when he went down and Mo Walker, backup center, towards ACL, he was a freshman. And we had a lot of freshmen on that team. And nothing against freshmen. They were all studs. You know, good players, Austin Hollins and Maverick Ahamisi. But they were young, right? So it's tough to – be a freshman, maybe not get that much playing time early in the year, then expect to come in and play a lot of minutes, especially in the Big Ten, um, and have that confidence at the end of the game to close a game out. I mean, we're all basketball players. You can watch teams when you see them at the end of the game, and you're like, all right, this team's going to win. And they could be down five, but you can just see it in their you know, willpower and their kind of mindset that they're going to win. And, you know, some teams just don't have it yet. They're going to get it, but they just don't have that that dog in them yet or that that ability to say, like, we're not losing. And it's tough to have that we're not losing mentality when you keep losing. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think, you know, our team in a way reaped those benefits, Blake, right? Your senior year after you were done, I came in and was a freshman, right? 
Trevor became, you know, able to play as well in our squad. He was healthy. And what happened was like Austin and Mab and a lot of those guys, Mo, Elliot, they were sophomores, Otto, but like they played like they weren't sophomores, right? They had so much more poise. And I think in return, that started to help us younger guys. And like those practices were tough. Like when we, when I first came in, like, I mean, these were grown men playing, right? You got Trev dunking on everybody, yelling at everybody. You got Rodney going between the legs with flip-flops. You got these guys, these guards, right? Mav and Austin, like, they knew what that Big Ten was about early. They were able to tell guys like myself, Dre Hollins, everybody else, Joe Coleman, like, yo, like, it's about to get real. And so I see that same type of thing happen, even though we don't see it now. But, like, next season, you see these young guys, Ola Joseph, Braden, all these guys getting punched in the mouth this year. But – they're going to remember it and they're going to only be stronger for these next few years. So hopefully Gopher fans try to remember that, but I think we know that's, that's important. I think it's going to be something they can hang their hat on. And at the end of the day, they just got to keep competing. And like you guys said, I think the last game we had, they were competing. This Purdue game, not so much. So let's jump into the X's and O's here. Let's start with the Purdue game. I'll be quite honest. I don't want to stick on this game too long because honestly, I hope Coach Johnson didn't talk about this game too long, right? I think it's one of those things where you got to move past. You watch the film, you learn from it, but that's all you can do. Like you talked about, Blake, number one team in the country. Trev, you said Zach Eady was a cheat code. As you can see, you know, he was, but I mean, I'll let, open it up for you, Trev. Like, what were your main thoughts you saw from a, from a basketball standpoint that game? I know it was, it was tough to watch, but is there anything that stood out, you know, majorly for you from that game? Um, no, just <laughs> no. <laughs> I quite. Honestly, I mean, let's no. <laughs> I mean, you say what? We had twelve points at halftime. Like there were a lot of bright spots. Like you could, we were just overmatched. And I think for a lot of those guys too, like they can see like the difference, like what they need to do to get to that level. Like it's, there's levels to it, and like they show that we're not close to that level. But, I mean, I give all the credit to Purdue. Like, they came in on a mission. Like, they came in, like, it was a business trip. Like, they weren't playing any games. Like, <laughs> we're going to show you why we're a top five team in the country. And that's what they did. So, I mean, be honest, there's not a lot of bright spots. And I, I promise you, I don't think Coach Johnson spent much time talking about that game afterwards. And I think they were like, hey, let's just get ready to head to Ann Arbor and let's get a win on the road. Yeah, completely agree. I don't think Blake has much. Blake, you got anything from me? No, I mean, it's one of those games where you don't want to laugh, but you got to laugh. Kind of like, oh, man. No. Yeah. There was a few times in my career when I was at the U where Tubby was a big film guy, but I remember a couple games, like, similar situation, maybe not that bad, but pretty bad, where you were, like, just scared shitless to go into that film session. Like, this is going to be bad. And then you'd be like, all right, we're not watching <laughs> film because it was that bad. Let's just focus on the future. But we all know those feelings when you had to sit through film and you knew your clip was coming up. You knew exactly when it was in the film and you were just sitting there like sweating, like just waiting to get in. That was always the worst, that that was the worst part. During a game, you mess, you, you're, you're late on assignment. You're like, oh, that's oh, going to yeah. be on film tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you were hearing no, more that, that you had to watch it in film than actually in, in game. Like the guy just scored <laughs> on you. You were more like, oh, man, the whole team's going to see this tomorrow. Man, don't let Trev laugh. Trev was one of the worst when it came to that, man, especially when we was watching film. He knew when somebody was messing up and he'd let you know. Like before film or something, you're like, hey, you read her line. He know a play coming up. Or the worst is you just gonna get dunked on or something. Trev would start looking at you or something, nudge you to be 
man, it'd be the worst. It'd be like, you couldn't get traded I mean, too what? much because he ain't had too many missed assignments on defense, unfortunately. Oh, but the only time you go if you score twelve points at halftime and think you're going to win is probably when you're playing against Wisconsin. That's show up yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're not. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a we're fact. not a good offensive team this year, but I don't think we're that bad. Where we're scoring twelve points and a half. So, but you know, everyone's like, I don't want to say surprised, but when you're shooting, you know, twenty thirty percent from three and fifty nine percent from the free throw line, I mean, what are we expecting, right? I mean, we gotta we gotta pick a couple of these things up and. You know, keep getting better, but you know we, we can't expect much when we're shooting that poorly from the three and from the free throw line. Yeah, right. No, I think we can move on past it, man. I'll leave you with a stat. You know, take it or leave it. But we are coming up on the seventy-two year anniversary of you know Minnesota scoring. You know, I guess this would be the lowest scoring effort. You know, since yesterday. <laughs> That lowest scoring effort was against Indiana, 32 to 26. And that was in 1951. Trump, so, Trump, tell us about that game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, yeah. It's tough. Who's the coach? Who knows who the coach is? Why you act like you don't know? But all right. Going to the go. So, flipping to the next thing, I say, just want to make sure, and maybe we're flipping over to Michigan now, but I'm still waiting for the day that Jamison and Dawson have a solid game together, right? They're both having good games here and there, but like we talked about this in previous sessions and we're talking about offense, right? You know, in order to get offense going, I think they got to work with each other and work off each other. And you just don't see them both scoring. 20 plus points a game, 20, you know, I want to see one game where, you know, Dawson's got 20 and 10 and battles got, you know, four threes with 24 points and, you know, five assists. And I, I haven't seen it yet this year. I believe I was just something's going on with Jameson. I don't know if it's like a mental block or whatever the case may be. Like he's too good. He's too good of a shooter to go up, you know, 0 for nine or whatever, three for 15 or whatever he's been shooting. It's just like, I don't know if it's like his foot's bother him or, you know, he just doesn't trust himself right now. Um, I think D- Dawson has shown flashes like, you know, yesterday versus Michigan. He, you know, he was consistent, knocking out open threes, attacking the basket and doing those things. He, you know, he struggled on defensive end mightily, but a lot of kids do versus Dickinson and like the bigs and the guards that Michigan has. But um, Jameson, yeah, he just doesn't look right. And I don't know what, like, I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. Like, maybe you guys have a better oh, oh. understanding. Yeah, I mean, of I, I was wondering. I still think he's, you know, Shooter to shooter, I mean, he's a solid shooter, so I don't think he has an issue with that. I just think potentially it could be some of the shots he's having to take this year because we're just struggling that bad shooting the ball and getting shots where he's having to take a little more difficult shots and maybe force some things a little more often um, just with what's going on. But, you know, I did see a couple times in the Michigan game, one for sure where he caught it and he drove and got a layup, right? So, you know, I think the more he can start doing that and – you know, like we talked about in the last podcast, you know, one dribble, two dribble, pull up for a shot, get all the way to the bucket, get to the foul line. I think the more he starts doing that, people will take him a little more honest from the outside where they're not just going to get up into his, you know, grill every time to, you know, make sure he doesn't hit that three. Um, and I want to see him start doing that a little more, even if he does it too much, where he's not relying on the three-point shot as much. But I almost want him to take a step forward on – hey, instead of just being a three-point shooter, let's have you get to the bucket a little more, and then the three-point shot will slowly come. 
I mean, I didn't have that capability. Yeah. I tried to yeah. do it towards the end of my career, but look, let's be honest. I didn't have the athleticism or our height and, and bulk that he has. I mean, he could be a player that does that. And that, that's not a knock on him. That's a, that's an advantage that I think he has and he's got to do, you know, on my side, I was, you know, six, I said I was six, four, but like six, three couldn't jump. Wasn't that athletic. So I didn't have the capability to try to do it as much as he could. And he's got the strength to go up against a big guy you know, and get an and one or, you know, get a put back dunk or dunk over somebody. And I just want him to start doing that a little more Then his three point shot will stop falling again. Just, you know, it's amazing how focusing on other things in your game lead to things you do well, getting better. Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like he, the best dos I'm sorry, the best Jameson is the Jameson. That's a three level score. Just like you said, like, it's just way more open. And we see glimpses of it, right? When he gets to his mid-range, the midi's nice, right? Level two shot. I love that. And like you said, Blake, he can finish above the rim, right? And, like, I think we saw him get to him a couple times. It's just, like, we do need to see that a little more of that. And I think that'll give him better shots from three. And then also it'll just give him a little bit more confidence. But, yeah, if he's not on from three, it's almost like he's taken out of the game. So, I don't know. Hopefully we we see something different from that. And to your point, Trev, I don't know. And your point, Blake, I don't know if there's something wrong there. I don't know what we need to be looking at. Um, but it just it's it's tough. It seems like both of them, quite honestly, guys, like health seems like an issue right now. All right. Let's talk about what it is like coming off of yesterday's game against Michigan. Dawson obviously is a little unhealthy right now. And then I think Jamison went out with some back trouble, you know, on the last few games. So it's just one of those things where. We only have like seven or eight guys, you know, we're playing eight max, but Braden Carrington is out right now too. It's just, it's getting to the point where overuse seems like it's kind of out there too. So I don't know how, you know, fatigued these guys are. I think Dawson is an unbelievable athlete, right? I think one thing you can see from that is like, I saw the mile times Coach Johnson posted. So you can always see right away who has good wind and conditioning when you see the mile times. I think Dawson had the fastest one, but like, I think Dawson is an unbelievable athlete. But other than that, still like, these guys are getting used a lot. So I'm really worried about really the health as well with Dawson and with James. I'm curious before we answer that, what were the times? You remember who was Dawson was the fastest? What was that time? Because Sharp, you remember with Tubby, I mean, we had to run that mile every day in preseason, which yeah. was no joke. And I remember yeah. I think when I was there, DeVoe was the fastest at like 452 or something. And my slow ass was like 512. But that I, I can't even imagine doing that. I'd have to get in my car. <laughs> yeah i don't know during that time what was what was your time uh Trent? what what did bigs have I to think get they had to get under six yeah yeah i was right because bigs that. had to get under six oh, but mo walker was not doing that i don't know maybe your time he was but not with us so then uh mo walker wasn't ralph wasn't damien uh, barely was yeah Colton yeah, was great. right behind Colton me, I remember run. always. He uh but yeah, guard said to get under 530 every day. If you didn't get under 530, you had to go to a secondary conditioning in the afternoon, and then Biggs had to be under six, which I mean, being a seven footer or even Trev side running under six, I mean that's that's pretty good. You know, the funny part is, and sorry to digress here, but that that mile, I mean, that's not it's not really even but I mean I get. I think it's more so the coaches like in the head for these players. Like who's tough, who can mentally withstand it. But like, yeah. I mean, basketball is more sprints, right? Killers and that kind of thing versus a mile. But 
you know, my thing is it's more more mental, and the coaches want to see who's got the best mental stamina than anything. Yeah, no, completely agree. Completely agree. So I just found it, and it looks like Braden Carrington at the fastest time with 514, and then Trayden and Dawson both finished under 520. And Dawson's time, I mean, sorry, Jameson's time looks like it's undisclosed, but he cut 14 seconds <laughs> off. <laughs> Dang. But, uh, yeah, no, those are the times. So, not, not bad. Not bad at yeah. all. Awesome. Well, no, yeah, let's um, let's move past that Purdue game, fellas. I think we can all agree. It's, it's time to move past that one. And let's talk a little bit just more specifically about the Michigan game and what we saw in that game yesterday. So, like you guys said, they competed, right? I was happy that they competed. Like, that's, that's all you can ask for, you know, at this point in time. Uh, they played them to the end, but – Dawson, it seemed like when he was in the game, we were going. When he was out of the game, we weren't, right? He was in foul trouble um, towards the end. You know, he got a little injured. So we still battled, but it was, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. So I'll open it up to you, Blake. What, what did you see from that Michigan game yesterday, you know, what we were able to, to do? One, while Dawson was on the floor, then also, you know, what did you see from when Dawson went on the floor? Is like an alarm. Isn't it alarming, like, the drop-off that we saw? Yeah, it is. And, I mean, a lot of times you see that if you're your best player or quote-unquote best player is out of the game, right? You see somewhat of a drop-off, but the good teams have guys that can come in and at least keep it somewhat steady. But, you know, when, when some of our top guys like a Dawson goes out of the game, you just see a huge decline in the momentum and just – how the game is, how the flow is going. And, you know, I think he's probably at this point, probably our best offensive threat. You know, I would have liked to think it was battle early on in the year, but just how it's going, I think it's more, you know, Dawson. So you see the, the just, you know, maybe it's him inside from a defensive perspective as well, but you see a huge drop off, which you can't have as a team. I mean, anytime your best player goes out, you're going to see somewhat of a drop off, but you can't see us just completely go off a cliff. And, you know, anytime he's out, I think he, you know, he had 14 missed minutes uh, playing as well as he did versus the Michigan game. But those were 14 big minutes and a lot of the game that he wasn't in that either Michigan came back from, from a deficit or pulled away from us on. And, you know, I'm not sure what happened. I was watching the game when he, I think he hit that three or, or jumper. And then he went back and, you know, it seemed like he was pointing at one of the fans like they had their legs stuck out. I mean, obviously they're not doing it on purpose or I would think they wouldn't be, but you know, they couldn't even tell if he did trip or if he tripped on his own, but hopefully he's okay because without Garcia in the lineup, oh man, I, it's, it's going to be a struggle bus. So, um, but you know, I think, I think we need to going back to what I said earlier, we need somebody else besides Dawson to keep stepping up. And, and I think battles, the guy that can do that. I know he's a big 10 caliber player. He's got the physique. He's got the mindset. He's got the shot. Um, but I think, you know, we just need some other guys to step up. And I think the depth is a big problem for us right now. We played seven guys last game. Granted, Carrington was out. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Thompson really got much playing time. I think off the bench, it was Henley and um, who would it be? Payne, probably. The Cooper play for So, um, yeah. you know, unfortunately, we don't have that many guys that are putting in kind of minutes or valuable minutes, but. Anytime you get a couple of injuries or a couple of guys in follow trouble, that's going to really kill us. I don't know what you think, Trev. 
Yeah, I mean, I like the way they came out. They came out on fire. You know, they scored eight points in the first like couple minutes. So, okay, they're about to outscore <laughs> what they did in the first half, last game, in the first few minutes of the game. But I think the energy was there. Ola Joseph had a couple lives for dunks, and you can tell the energy was there. We're knocking down shots. Um, we were up like 10. Obviously, you know, Michigan came back, and Dickinson showed why he's a, you know, first team all, you know, first team all Big Ten player. We just couldn't guard him. Anytime Dawson was on him, you know, he's picking up fouls. Um, he was moving the ball. I think he had 12 at halftime. But overall, we we were do, we did a good job defending them. Um, Jet Howard missing. I think he missed most of the second half due to injury. Hopefully he's okay. But I think we were solid. I think we had a lot of chances to win the game. Even at the end, like we had, you know, Michigan was basically letting us back in the game. Uh, they were missing shots, missing free throws. We just weren't able to capitalize off of it. But I think it was a very winnable game for us. I think the guys had the right attitude. Um I think Dawson definitely, you know, missing those 14 minutes, that was that was a game right there. Like, you know, he tried to come back after he twisted his ankle. And, like, you could tell – you could see him hobbling up and down the court. And it was just like – at some point, it's like, let's just get him out the game. Like, it looks bad. Like, let's not make this worse. And, you know, I appreciate his heart, you know, him trying to fight his team to a victory. But it just got to a point where it's like he – you know, he's a liability at this point. They're just going to keep attacking him. You know, he tried to take a couple of charges on Dickinson, and, you know, that wasn't working. And But overall, I think we did – Pretty good job defending them. Um, the energy was there. We just couldn't. We just ha- we didn't have enough players to make plays. Um, Cooper, like we can't expect him to play forty minutes a game in yeah. a big ten. And I think that's you know, how Jameson was Especially last year. Especially at the you know, point guard position day, like, too. I mean, bringing up the ball, guarding the point guard. I mean, that's a tiresome great position. Lot. So, um, so I, I don't know if it's. Know. I don't know if it's playing more zone, finding ways to play more zone. I know, like, you know, you don't like to sit in a zone, but at the, at the end of the day, if you have, you know, if you're only playing seven guys, like, you have to find ways. I don't know if you call a timeout. Thank God you have TV timeouts to kind of give you a break, too. Well, I was going – right. You bring up a good point, and I was going to bring this up, too, Trev, is granted it was at the end of the game we were desperate, but, like, that little half, you know, full court zone press, I mean, we had a couple deflections, a couple steals. We, you know – it's not a word, but slopped up the game a little bit, right? And that's what I've been saying. Like, hey, I'm not a coach. I know Ben Johnson's really good. But, like, part of me, if I was in that shoes and it's easy to be a, you know, coach sitting on my couch and looking at the TV, but, like, I'd want to, you know, I think they did well with that, right? So I don't know if we can get Ola Joseph at the top of that press to trap the, you know, as the ball comes in and try to get some deflections or even just speed up the game a little bit or slow it down, whatever we want to do or however the team plays it. But part of me would think let's start doing something different and creative to, to you know, change the game flow up a little bit. And I liked how they did it at the end of the game. Yeah. I, I mean, but that goes back to depth, though. If you don't have the depth to really do that, like how long can you sit in the full court press zone, even if it's a zone? Like, you don't, I don't know if you want to speed the game up too we much. We got guys running the, 5, 12, to 5 14 miles. Come on, Trev. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I don't think it has to be a full court zone, no, but you can run a soft 22. Well, I mean, type yeah, zone where you just, just fall yeah, back. You fall back and seven seconds get off the, the shot clock yeah. and they don't have as much time to set up a play. That's right. kind of what I was thinking. I think it yeah, helps a little I bit. I think even with Michigan yesterday, they didn't shoot the ball well from three at all yesterday either. And I think it helps with like those matchups, especially, you know, I probably would have come out in the second half like that because now Dawson isn't isolated against Dickinson or someone down low where he has to play soft or not really foul and play aggressive. So I think switching it up a little bit helps. And then also it helps that depth because I think against Michigan, like you both just talked about, the main reason we lost was the lack of depth. Like, if you look at those minutes you got to line playing 40 minutes, 
you say, yeah, we had seven guys play, but I'm looking at Jaden Henley played six minutes. So count that for what it is, Blake. But we had six and a half guys playing. You know, Michigan had eight guys playing. Like you see Will Shetter come in every time with just a bundle of energy because he's been waiting to get off the bench and he makes an impact. And we've got Jamison and Dawson and Talon hobbling around as they play so many minutes that after a while, Trev, like, Hunter Dickinson, we weren't going to be able to keep stopping him by like after 40 minutes playing that long. It's just, it's hard. It's not. Well, part of it's, we always say create easy baskets. Like, how many we shot, what, 23 threes last night or yesterday? Yeah. The Gophers, like, we shoot at what, 30% for the season. I was like, how do we shoot 23 times? We got to the line seven times. Dickinson got to the line nine times himself. (laughs) Yeah. So it was like, we're not getting to the pain. We're not taking advantage. Of, there's a great, I mean, for real, I think he did a great job sealing. I think a bunch of times they didn't, you know, we didn't look inside to get the ball. Yeah, a lot better. It was like he had his man in the middle of the paint and we jack up a three. And I was like, I know, like, you know, but, you know, Michigan knows their game. They shot, what, 13, 12 threes, and we shot 23 on the road. You're not making them. And we just got to find ways to create baskets. We're like, we're just, you know, we're, we're living, dying by the three when we're not a three-point shooting team. It, it, it stings, yeah. too. I think you mentioned Will Schletter or whatever, but I think he's a Minnesota kid, right, if I remember right? I guess you were I'm right. I'm pretty sure he is, and every time I see that playing against a Minnesota team, it kills me a little bit, just being a Minnesota guy myself. But I know we can't get them all, but um, – you know, it is also good to see guys, you know, from Minnesota go elsewhere and showcase that Minnesota guys can play basketball. We've been starting to get some more publicity, but hoping to get some of these guys to stick around. But you mentioned his name, so I thought of it. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Um, but, you know, we, we got to figure it out. And Trev, like you talked about yesterday with the Gophers jacking up so many threes and you talking about Blake, about, you know, uh, Jamison being a three-level scorer. I think the whole team needs to get to that point, too, though. I think we saw, you know, Joshua Joseph get a little more aggressive getting to the rim, but we just got to get to the rim more and just force it. And, like, I know our free throw shooting isn't the best, but, I mean, yesterday we only got to the rim seven, I mean, to the line seven times, right, where Hunter Dickinson got to the line nine times. That's better than our entire team. So it's just a matter of being aggressive uh, finding the players down low trip, like you said, we have Pharrell Payne. We've been talking about not sealing like for the last three, four games. He finally starts to seal, and we're not throwing the ball in the paint. And we get it. Like, Trev, you probably can talk to him more than anybody. When you're a big man and you're exerting all the energy, guarding Hunter Dickinson on one end and going down and sealing, and Blake comes down and pulls up for three, you're probably not happy. And I think that's kind of what's happy going on. He's happy when it that's so fast. Yes. As a big, that's like the worst feeling ever. Like, I saw like a couple of times, you know, Pharrell, he's a hard worker, but like, you know, he's in the middle of the paint. We jack up a shot. And it's just like, then you got to go defend a big man who touches the ball every time. Back. Yeah. <laughs> so he's scoring 20 on you. You're like, come on, man. Can I, just, can I just get one touch? And then that's why I think sometimes when he does get the ball, he's rushing and like it's, and he's, he doesn't have the confidence right now, but he, he's working, he's I working think, himself. And we just got to find yeah, ways. Funny. To get- I think as a guard, I mean, you got to, you got to observe that and see what your teammates are reacting like. Like sometimes I'd see if Trez getting frustrated, like I would overemphasize it to at least get him a touch, even if it's from the outside. Let him, you know, hold on to the ball, right? Because bigs, unfortunately, you know, 
bigs can take over games, but it's it's tougher for a big to take over a game than a guard because the guards bring up the ball. They have the ball in their hands a lot more than a big. So bigs rely on guards a little more. And if guards aren't aware of personality or how often they're getting the ball or, hey, Trev just put in a ton of work and maybe he's not super open, but damn, throwing the ball because he just worked his butt off on the other end, Garden Dickinson. Like those are the things that you need to do to proactively keep your bigs engaged and involved because you give them that, you know, feed into the post, like he's going to run and grab that offensive a rebound or go workers butt off on the right. other end versus Dickinson. Right. If he starts not getting the ball much, not that, you know, I'm saying anyone's a selfish player, but it's just, you know, getting in a rhythm of a game. Like if you're just not touching the ball, running back and forth and scrambling for loose balls, like that's frustrating for anybody. I don't care who you are. You can be the nicest guy ever and not be a selfish player, but that's just frustrating in general. So, you know, part of me thinks, you know, I'm not saying we don't have guards, but like looking into next year, like, is that something that coach Johnson and the coaching staff needs to focus on? Like we have a lot of bigs now and guys coming in for recruits, but do we need to look in the transfer portal to get some more experienced guards to help out with that guard play to, to, you know, maybe get over some of these humps. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. And I think one of the things that we they need to really look to focus on maybe right now in the immediate is from what you guys are saying, just more paint touches, right? Like just in general, I think it opens things up a lot. I think it just opens up the floor a lot more. Maybe that just breaks down the defense more so we can swing a little bit and do get it into the post. But I agree. If we're not engaging our big down low and we're not engaging our offensive end, it's hard to ask for them to do the same on defensive end and they they get out of it. And that's just natural human nature, I say. That's just how it is. But I think this team definitely needs – I don't know how many they got yesterday. They need an emphasis on paint touches on the offensive end, whether it's just getting it down low or whether it's the guards penetrating. Because we settle for way too many threes, like Trevor talked about earlier. If we keep doing what we're doing and – ball screening on outside the perimeter with our guards and all. I mean, it works every now and then, but how do we figure it out? Yesterday during the game, I noticed there was a really good high-low action, I think, with Dawson and um, with Dawson and I believe Pharrell, right? And I know Trevor, I think you, Ralph, you, Rodney, like you guys are really good at high-low. Like I'll keep it real. Like we got probably 12, 14 points with Tubby just from high-low and like we saw it yesterday and maybe that's something we need to get into more, even look for it and it's not like we've been turning it over when we force it because we've like had a few where we threw it and it was close, but we still got the ball. I think Pharrell has good hands, so maybe more high-low actions like that, but we need something where it kind of gets it moving, gets a few more paint. Once again, Jameson in the post. Yeah. He's a big guy. Like, even just have him post up a player here and there, ISO, or whatever the case may be. Like, we could, we could take advantage of him. Ola Joseph, too. Like, we have big guards. Like, we have guys who could take him. It doesn't have to just be our bigs. This could be our wing players also. Yeah, I mean, we, possession here. Yeah, across Trev's the- right. I mean, generally, Jameson, a smaller guy, is guarding him, right? So, Trev's 100% accurate there. And going back to the threes versus paint touches, I mean, let's face it, if we were the Golden State Warriors back in 2018 or whatever that was, or even now, like they can shoot the you know what out of the ball, right? So let them shoot some threes, but we, we don't have that, we don't have that talent. I don't say talent, but we don't have those shooters on the team right now, or, or a lot of them. So my always theory is if I got into Trev and the pain, or if I was playing with this team now, I got into Dar- Dawson or, or uh pain in the paint and passed it in. I would say over 50% of the time they're going to score or get fouled. 
which gives their big a foul to potentially take them out of the game, and it gets us to the free throw line. You know, the way we're shooting the ball from the right. outside, I don't see that happening as much as getting it into the paint and having over a 50% chance to get a foul on the other team, go to the free throw line, or score. And I think that's what we need to focus on right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Let's, let's, let's keep going on what we need to focus on right now. So let's move on to the scout reports. Let's move on to who we've got coming up next. So first game on the docket, in my opinion, a pretty hot Indiana team. So they won three straight Big Ten games. They just beat Michigan State last night, which is a very tough team. So they're feeling good right now. They're coming at Minnesota, playing Minnesota. So it's, it'll be home at Minnesota at the barn. Um, I'm sure this Indiana team is feeling confident. You know, anytime you beat a Michigan State team, anytime you go you know, on a three-game winning streak in the Big Ten, the only winning streak longer than that is Purdue, you're feeling good, right? So they're coming in, play – the last-ranked Minnesota Gophers, right? Probably a tough game for them to get up for, but they're also trying to get back to the top of the Big Ten, so it still means a lot to them at the same time. It's at home, fellas. I know it's, I know we have a tough stretch. I know we probably aren't supposed to win this game, but I'll say a lot of our seasons, even on some of the worst losing streaks, some of the worst losing stretches, my season, seasons after, we usually try our best to protect home court, right? We still find a way to get wins at home. And our last home showing was fairly embarrassing against, you know, Purdue. So it's time to really bounce back from that one. But I'll let you start here, Blake. Let's talk a little bit about this Indiana game coming in. You know, what do you like from the Gophers against Indiana? What do they need to work on? And what's your prediction here? I mean, I think Indiana's on a roll right now. Um they, they're, you know, like you said, they're 3-0 in their last three games. I mean, I think earlier on in the year, I think everyone thought Indiana was going to be even better than they are, and I think they're slowly coming out of their shell and starting to play a lot better. Um, I do like how we're at home again, and we've had this last, even though it was a loss, it was close. We hung in with Michigan. I think we'll be hungry to try to get a win now um, at home. Hopefully everyone's healthy. I think things we need to focus on, focus in on is – getting the ball in the paint like we were talking about earlier. I think I would like to see battle kind of get to the cup a little more or work on the mid-range, post up a little bit. Um, but obviously we're going to have to defend them. I mean, they caught one of the best players in the Big Ten in uh, their big, Trace Davis. So, um, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, I don't like how it's an 8 o'clock game because for some reason Minnesota is getting a lot of these 8 o'clock games and – Minnesotan fans are, are are kind of uh, in the winter. They're not loving to come to our 8 o'clock game. So that that scares me a little bit that we're not going to have a huge uh, fan following for that game to show Indiana what the Barnes like. But I do think we got a good shot. Um, I think, you know, this last loss being as close as it was, hopefully lights a fire under these guys. And, you know, it's a game that is at home. I think any game at home, for the most part, we have a chance and we should be able to get a win. Um, but they got to play well. We can't just go out there and you know think they're going to roll over. They're definitely not going to do that. Indiana's trying to prove that they're one of the best teams in the Big Ten, and um, we, we got to do something different, and I don't know what difference is going to be, whether it's going to be zone, whether it's going to be a half-court press, whether it's going to be not shooting as many threes, whether it's going to be hitting our free throws. You name it, we got to do something differently because whatever we're doing right now is not working, and I'm hoping to see that uh, coming up in that game. I don't know. What do you think, Trev? Um, 
I agree. I think Indiana's playing good basketball right now. I watched part of the Michigan State game. You can see the energy. You can see like how hard they play, how physical they are. You know, Mike Woodson is doing a great job over there at his alma mater. Um, they're going to come in fire. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like, I feel like they're going to come kind of have that same mindset Purdue has. Obviously, they're not as good as Purdue, but we're going to have to come in and, you know, create our own energy. Like, to your point, like eight o'clock games in Minnesota in the wintertime, you're not, you're not getting those big crowds unless you're winning games. And so we're just going to have to create our own energy, play hard. You know, Race Thompson's coming back home. Trace Davis, you know, he's, he's a monster. He's, he's good. And we're going to have to defend him well and take him out the game. We can't have him, you know, we got to find a way to limit his touches, make it hard for him, stay out of foul trouble, our big stay out of foul trouble, and attack him on the other end. But they have a good round team, a good solid uh, all-around team, and it's going to be a battle. It's not going to be easy, but I think I definitely think this is a winnable game for us, especially if Dawson comes back healthy. Yeah, I think one thing yeah, that I meant to not to interject, and we'll flip it to Kendall, but what I'd focus on if I was one of the coaches is get the ball into whoever um, – Trace, what is it? Trace Jack, Trace, how do you, yeah, Davis Jackson, whoever is he guarding? Davis? Jackson, Jackson Davis. Davis. Yep, I always flip that around. But go at him right away. Try to get him a couple fouls. I mean, I've watched him over the years. He's pretty, he's pretty solid at staying away from getting into foul trouble. But if we can get him one or two fouls to start, and that's that could be even overemphasizing it, right? Whether Payne's in the game or Dawson, like get them a lot of touches to start and make him try to get that block that turns into a foul or get them reaching or get them with a pump fake up and under or something like that, that we can get them out of rhythm, get them on the bench and start flowing from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we almost, we don't want to focus too much on their team. You always want to focus on yourself, but at some point, you know, it's good to, you know, go at someone to start to see if they can get in foul trouble or see if you can get in, get them out of their rhythm. And I think that's something that we should try to do right away. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think you both talked about Trace Jackson Davis. He had thirty-one and fifteen against the Michigan State team, right? How many times you get a double double of thirty and fifteen against the Michigan State team? So you know he's ready to play. I mean, he's based his name right in drafts in the past, so he's an elite player, an elite Big Ten player that's been around. Uh, I think Pharrell Payne, he's getting his money's worth this first Big Ten season. He's guarding, he's guarding some guy. So have like we talked about, man, it can, it can only help him, but. Really, I mean, looking at it, you know, the Michigan game, I know we lost, but them and also Ohio State, like looking at things we did well there, like I think we guarded well in those games generally. I think that's kind of what's kept us in the games. We played good defense. I think we had, you know, good defense in the Michigan game. You know, we guarded, we had some laps, you know, some dumb fouls. But other than that, we guarded pretty well. I think it's similar situations where Ohio State had a great freshman and Bryce set up the ball. We kind of shut him down. He scored a lot. That slowed him down. Yesterday, Jet Howard, we were able to slow him down, another high-scoring freshman, and that kind of helped the game a lot. And another one coming up here, uh, we have Jalen Hood Shafino. And I don't know if you guys have seen, but he's on the first-round draft boards right now, another freshman, right? So we talk about all the good freshmen on our side, but there's some dogs in the freshman class across the Big Ten. So if we can do the same thing with him and – keep his points down low as well as do our best to hold, you know, Trace Jackson Davis at bay. I think it's a wonderful game for sure. And it's at home. Um, I think it's super important though, that we do find a way to get some more depth. Like how do we get some more depth here? Like that's going to be super important. I want to see more of Jaden Henley. I want to see more Henley out there. Like we have to play him. 
Braden Carrington's not in game. I think he showed glimpses of playing well getting to the paint guarding at the beginning of the season. I don't think they have an option of playing six and a half to seven guys anymore. Um, sometimes with freshmen, it's a road thing that you're worried about, but we're at home as well, right? So let's get them out there at home, give them some confidence. But I think that's going to be a big piece of it. I think that's going to be a big piece of it. We're going to need to really capitalize in the next, next game. And then after that, you know, go and get another one on the road in Northwestern. Two winnable games, but fellas, I think the scouting report's easy. Compete, compete, compete. All of them, all guys, 40 minutes, just be confident and we'll win the game. Like that's that's it. That's the end of the day. And that's that's where I'm at with things, man. That's where I'm at with things. So let's go ahead and move on to the word on campus. So today's word on campus will be sponsored and presented by Mr. Blake Hoffhaber. Uh, but Blake, I know you talked about Purdue being the number one team in the country, you know, right now. I want you to talk a little bit more about the rest of the Big Ten and how we're looking as far as the top 25 in the country. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm Big Ten guy through and through. Um, obviously, grew up in Minnesota, grew up, you know, loving the Big Ten. Had this discussion with a buddy of mine the other night, but when's the last time, and I'm sure someone's going to stump me listening to this, but, you know, and maybe it's been sooner, but I don't remember the last time where we had one, only one Big Ten team, and sure, they're number one in the country, but in the top 25, yeah. we don't have one other team in the Big Ten, even with this expanded Big Ten nowadays, in the top 25, which, sure, we can say, hey, the Big Ten's, you know, deep and we're beating up on each other in the Big Ten. But, man, besides Purdue, like, sure, they're number one, they're a juggernaut, they're good, but we don't have another top 25 team in the Big Ten, you know, or I, I just, you know, I don't even know, I don't even think the top 25s, you know, slight in the Big Ten, you know, because I don't see it right now. And sure, we're beating up on each other. And sure, Minnesota comes in and beats Ohio State. But Ohio State's lowest, you know, pretty low on the Big Ten standings. Um, but I haven't seen that in a long time. And sure, we got some dogs. We got some good players in the Big Ten. But I don't know if it's down, if it's all the teams are somewhat equal. Um but I don't remember the last time I've seen this few Big Ten teams in the top 25. And and I can't even say, hey, they're slight in the Big Ten. I don't know, Trevor or Kendall, what you think. But um, I'm hopeful just because we've gotten a bad rap over the last few years of getting all these Big Ten teams into the um, NCAA tournament and kind of laying an egg. I don't remember the last Big Ten team to win a national championship either. Um, and maybe you guys can remember that. I don't remember the last Big Ten team to win one. But right now, I think I read we still got 10 teams that are supposed to get in the NCAA tournament. But I don't really care about that. I care about teams that can actually get to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four. And I want in March to say, oh, I see two, three, four of them that can make it to the Final Four or Elite Eight. But right now, it's it's not looking good for for teams that can make it to the Final Four based on what I'm seeing. What do you guys think? I mean, I pre- yeah, I agree with you. <clears throat> I'm just looking at the rankings and looking at some of the games I've watched, and I haven't been impressed with a lot of these ranked teams. Like, you know, you see Kansas get smacked by, what, 15, 20 at home to TCU, and you see some of these teams. I think this is one – this NCAA tournament is going to be wild. I could definitely see a lot of upsets and I could see like some big 10 teams finally going far just because once you get into tournament play, it's, you know, it's a different ball game. Um, But just watching some of the games, like a lot of these teams who are ranked right now, I'm not even impressed with them myself. And I think that, um, 
it's going to be interesting. But I can't remember last time we've only had one team make, you know, we've, we've seen glimpses from Michigan State here. They were in, in and out of the rankings. Indiana's been in and out of the rankings. Ohio Rutgers State. Rutgers just got knocked uh, out this week. They were 23 or something, I believe. Yeah, Rutgers. So we have a couple teams who have a, like a little coffee break inside the rankings and they're back out. So, I mean, sorry about Yeah, but I, you know, I, Kendall, I'm curious your thought here, but, you know, how many teams do you think, and hopefully it's more than, than I'm seeing right now, but that can truly make a difference in the NCAA tournament and, and get to a Final Four. But, you know, I one team is kind of unacceptable in the Big Ten. Um, and, you know, sure, the Gophers aren't there. We're struggling. We got a lot of teams probably that are on the, you know, I think I saw in there, you know, between 26 and 30, you got Wisconsin, some Michigan States, and some teams like that that are on the verge. But, you know, I agree with Trev. I mean, it could be a pretty fun NCAA tournament based on that. And maybe part of that's going to, you know, see how this transfer portal is affecting the NCAA tournament and big conferences and people moving around. And you're not having these teams that have players playing with each other for four straight years that become juggernauts. Um, but I don't know, Kendall, your thought on it. But I, I just thought that was surprising and had to bring that up because one Big Ten team in the top 25 is, is tough in my mind. Yeah, I agree. And to answer your question about like how many teams looking at, it, I think could make a run in a tourney or maybe get to a Final Four. Quite honestly, if I was a betting man, zero. And I'll just be like, I don't, I don't see a team in the Big Ten that could do that. I think Purdue is hands down the best team. They're the number one team in the country, but they're just not a tournament team. I think there's a good chance, but I think in a tournament we've seen teams or teams that you know have good guards and can kind of run and get up and down and. I think Edie's a cheat code, but also like attorney's attorney. Like we talked about earlier, get him in foul trouble, whatever it may be. I think they're susceptible to a loss as well. Um, Michigan State, maybe. I know they've been having some losses, but like I talked about, they've got a, some good guards. So maybe they can make it happen. But yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough. We like uh, we haven't seen, I guess, a Big Ten national champion since 2000 in Michigan State. State. That's what I was going to say. I, I thought it was hard, but that was the last time, huh? Wasn't that Mateen Creed? Yeah, that's the last one. Yes, literally the last time. The la- that's the last time. So I know we all tout the Big Ten, and it is a tough conference, and I don't know what it is, right? Like, historically, I remember us always winning that Big Ten ACC challenge. I don't know about you guys. So it's just it's one of those things where – Every year I felt like we won that except for the last yeah. couple of years. But part of me thinks – and I got to look back at all the players and stuff, but Big Ten has generally been a big guy dominated league. We got a lot of the big, you know, bigs that are one of the big players, you know, best players in the country are our bigs, right? To me, not just because I'm a guard, I think when you get to the NCAA tournament, it's very reliant on how good your guard play is. And not saying the Big Ten hasn't had great guards over the years, but I think we've been a little more geared towards good bigs. And that doesn't equate well in the NCAA tournament with that long of a tournament, with guards having to handle the ball, with tight games. Um, not saying bigs can't handle the ball, but the, the ball is generally in the, the guards' hands at the end of a game. And you need to have good good guards that are playmakers. And that potentially could be a reason why the Big Ten maybe hasn't had a ton of success in the NCAA tournament over the years because you know we maybe other conferences across the country have better guard play than us from a holistic scale. I know we have good guards. I'm not saying Big Ten doesn't have good guards. I was one of the guards, but 
maybe that could be a potential reason why. Yeah, agree. I think the type of guard the Big Ten goes and recruits and brings in isn't that same type of guard we see in other conferences, such as like a Pac-12, who normally does well on the tournament, where they can really just get you a bucket, right? Top of the key, end of the shot clock, right? And I don't think that's something as common in the Big Ten. And I think even from a recruiting standpoint, right, when we see the younger guys and looking to make their college decisions, a lot of those top guards that we know that can just go get a bucket, we don't often see them come to the Big Ten. And there's a lot of reasons. I'm not going to say they're scared of it, but it's not a conference that's like really good for guards and guard play. It's more so that bruiser conference still. And I think we're kind of going through that transition right now. I think we see it with refereeing as well. It's kind of a little inconsistent. We're like, are we still that bruiser conference? Or are we changing to this new world of basketball? Who knows where it is? But I completely agree. I think it's something we need to keep an eye out on as we get closer to the Big Ten tourney. And we'll see if some other guys, you know, slip into the top 25. Yeah. But yeah, fellas, here. go ahead. No, keep, I'll finish. No, I was going to say, yeah. fellas, appreciate your time, man. Appreciate your time today. I know it's tough to get up for these lately as we don't have the best record in the start. But I think from a basketball perspective, I think we all know this team still has a great future. They're competing. They're young. They're figuring it out. They're getting punched in the mouth. That's what they need to do to get better. They're going to figure it out. Hopefully next time we talk, I say it every time, but we're 2-0 and on the season after this Indiana and the Northwestern game. But appreciate your time, fellas. We'll see you next time. Everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Outside the Barn. I'm Blake Hoffarber, Trevor Bakway. I'm Kendall Shell. We'll see you later. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.